Praise God and welcome to another Genesis 1 Christian Ministries podcast. We're happy you're able to uh, join us. And before we get into the word, let's uh, spend some time praising and worshiping God. And we're going to listen to a song called I Exalt Thee by Terry McAllman. So wherever you are, just raise your hands and just follow along with the worship leader. And let's praise God together. Amen. Is in this house tonight. And it's all because of him.
Yes, thank you, Jesus. Yes, dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, you are so worthy to be praised, Lord, and so worthy to be glorified, Lord. And we just exalt your name and just lift you up on high. I want to thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be able to share your word, Lord, and ask that as we listen to your message today, that your word would get deeply planted within our spirits, Lord, so that when the evil one raises his ugly head, that we can use the words that we hear today to be able to defeat him, Lord. I pray for each and every single one of your children, Lord, during this time of just absolute craziness and anarchy, Lord, and ask that you would just continue to place a hedge of protection around each and every single one of us to keep us all safe, Lord. Continue to keep us safe from this coronavirus, Lord. Keep us safe as we go in and out of grocery stores and retail stores and doing our shopping and getting together with family members and friends, Lord, that you would just continue to keep us safe, Lord that you would guide us in our everyday decisions, Lord, that you would guide the leaders of this nation, Lord, as they continue to make decisions on the future of these of the states and the cities that they're in charge of, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you would give us a peace and that you would give us a love and a peace that passes all understanding, Lord, to help us as the body of Christ to come together to deal with some of these issues that are happening in the world, Lord, that you give us the strength to continue to pray to you and give us the strength to just combat this evil, Lord, because we know that your word says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, Lord. So strengthen us, Lord, and guide us in all things that we do. I want to thank you again, Lord, for this opportunity. And I ask that you would take this message in the direction that you want it to go, Lord, and let your word stretch to the vast reaches of the planet so that anyone that hears this message, Lord, that they are touched and blessed uh, by your words, Lord. And if they don't know you, that they come to know you, Lord God, and come to know your saving grace. These things I pray in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen and amen. Well, once again, thank you. Uh, or welcome, I should say, to another Genesis 1 Christian Ministries uh, podcast. Um, so uh, if you don't have your Bible, uh, take a moment, hit pause, go grab your Bible, because we're going to uh, look at some scriptures here today. And as like always with here in, in Genesis 1, we always refer to the word of God. So that you see, this isn't the words of man uh, that we're talking about in our sermons, but these are the words of God um, taken straight out of the Bible. So take a minute, go ahead and do that. You know, there's so much you turn on the news. Of of course, it seems like there's still so much turmoil uh, out and out and not just in this nation. Actually, as you see, turmoil is starting to spread across the globe into other um, other countries as well. And there's so many major issues um, that are being that that people are trying to tackle um, so many things that are that are out there. So much just strife and uh, anarchy and just a lot of anger and hatred. And oftentimes when these things happen, we always try to figure out what kind of what what can be done about it. OK, we we sometimes lose sight of the fact that. A lot of these issues aren't man issues. And what I mean by that is these aren't issues that can be solved by man. These are only issues that can be solved by God. And as we're looking to try to figure out how to solve these issues and whatever the issue is, I mean, it could be large scale 
um, you know, economic issues. It could be racial issues. It could be um, small, smaller issues about, you know, where, where do I find my keys? You know, I can't find my car keys. I keep losing my keys or something like that. Maybe it's something about buying a house or making a decision on um, whether or not you should should seek another job, you know, seek a promotion or or what to do, because maybe you, you unfortunately lost your job. Um, uh, you were one of the unfortunate workers that had to lose their jobs. And now you're trying to figure out, well, what's next in my life? Regardless of what it is, we have to be sure that we are seeking God. Okay. We have to be sure that we are seeking God. And today's message is going to be about how to seek God. So how do I seek God? And this could apply for anyone. You know, you could be, uh, um, uh, a veteran Christian, if you will, you could have been walking with the Lord, you know, for 30 plus years. Um, you could be a, a new believer. You could be somebody that's thinking about becoming a Christian and anywhere in between all of that, in, in any way in between that spectrum. Um, and so this message is going to apply for all of us, you know, as all messages should apply to all of us about how do we see God? Because it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. Okay, it doesn't matter um, how much. You've included him in your day to day activities. There's always a chance and always an op- a, a possibility at some point you go to tackle a problem without seeking God. So we just have to remember that we always want to seek God in all that we do. So today we're going to talk about how do we actually seek God in order to seek God. It starts first with having a desire for him. Okay? It starts first with having a desire for him. Right. So when you desire something, you seek after it. If I'm desiring after a new car, I'm going to seek out a new car. I'm not just going to wait for a car to come to me. I'm going to go out and seek a a new car. I'm going to do some research. I'm going to learn about the car. I'm going to figure out what needs of mine does that car need to meet um, in terms of uh, extra features and uh, and the type of car is going to be the size of it, how many doors, whether or not I need an SUV or a sedan or a compact car or something like that. So it starts off with that desire. Now, in the terms of God, though, if I won't have a desire for him, but I don't know him, then how can I turn that into an actually having a desire? If I've never heard about God, let's say, or if I've never had an encounter with God, uh, how do I how do I turn that into a desire? Or maybe I, I do know about God and I've just walked away from him. And, and now I'm trying to relight that fire, if you will, for him. Well, it starts off by going a little bit deeper and looking at why do we exist as human beings? Why did God create us? And so in order to answer that question, let's go to the word of God. and We're going to look at some familiar scriptures. Let's turn in our Bibles to Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, and we're going to start in verse 26. Just look at a few scriptures here. Genesis one, verse 26. Okay, and we're familiar with this. Then God said, let us make man in our image, underline our image, according to our likeness, underline our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over all the cattle and over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his image, in his own image, underline that, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. 
male and female, he created them. So I'm going to pause there for a second because uh, a lot of times we forget that we are made in the image of God. And what does that actually mean? That means that in this physical body, there is a spirit because God is not a physical body. God is a spirit. So if we are made in God's image, then that means we are made uh, it's because our spirit, we are made as spirit beings. We have a physical body to be able to navigate through this physical three dimensional world. But we are a spirit. The true us is is a spirit. It's the it's the the spirit that God created that he put into our physical bodies just so that we can navigate, navigate this planet. Verse 26 there, you see, it says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Underline that word dominion if you don't have it underlined already, because that shows you. What God has intent has in it, um, his intent was for us or his intent is, I should say, um, to this day is for us to be able to be on this earth and have dominion over this earth, which means that we can take control over over situations. I mean, we don't have to be afraid of, of the fish. We don't have to be uh, afraid over uh, of, of of animals. You know, I, uh, I, I don't know. My wife and I. Gosh, for the last, I don't know, few few years or so, um, in our backyard at random times, at, at nighttime, we see raccoons. You know, raccoons will come up, come about, usually after we're already in bed and the kids are asleep. And just uh, a couple of nights ago, had the window open and was woken up because I heard this noise back. I was like, what's, what's going on back there? And I just peeked through the window and I look, and there's three raccoons. They're just running around and making some noises I've never heard of before. And didn't know that they could make. And that's kind of why it, it, it woke me up was because I never heard a raccoon make that noise. And it's not uncommon to, for the raccoons to come back there and, and, and eat the cherries um, in the cherry tree back there. Um, but this noise they were making was just weird. And so I look out the window and I'm watching just three of them are just kind of running around almost in a little panic, making some noise. And I just watched them and they didn't know that I was there. And then finally ended up running off. Now, understanding who I am as a child of God. I wasn't afraid. It startled me out of my sleep when I first heard it, but I wasn't afraid because I know that as a child of God, I have dominion over this over this planet. I have dominion over the cattle. I have dominion over every creeping thing that creeps upon earth, as as verse 26 uh, says there. So one of the things we, we, we want to recognize as children of God is that we have dominion over everything that crawls on the, on this planet. And that's what God's intention is. Okay, verse 27 so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. There you see in verse 26 where it says, subdue it, have dominion. Underline that. Okay, so there we see again um, the intention for us is as uh, as, as human beings, as mankind, is we have dominion over the earth, okay, and everything that crawls on the earth, everything that flies in the air, everything that swims in the sea. Verse 29, and God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed to you, it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, 
uh, in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning uh, were the sixth day. So the main thing out of those scriptures there is to recognize that the intent God has for us as human beings when he created us was to have dominion over everything on this earth. So in, in a way, the way uh, um, a simple way you can kind of think about it is God has given us this planet for us to rule on the planet, if you will. OK. Um, and, and, and what I mean by that is that everything that he's put on this earth, he has given us to use to, to benefit us. OK. So the herbs of the field and, and, and every beast of the field for food. So that that's why that's that's part of the purpose that God has for us. OK. We're going to look at at some more in terms of um, the purpose of, of us as human beings on this earth. Now, there are deeper purposes, if you will, in terms of. Um, and actually, I'm not going to go there too much just yet. Uh, but there are deeper purposes that we serve uh, specifically for for God. And we'll talk about that just a little a, a little bit, um, a little bit later. So the main thing here is, like I said, we have dominion over the earth. We have dominion over everything that's on the earth. And God has given it to us uh, to, to, to benefit us, to feed us. And then he says, be fruitful and multiply. So we end up filling the earth, mankind. That's how uh, populations expand, um, et cetera, like that. I want to look at. Um, Chapter two here, just a few scriptures in in chapter two. So still in Genesis chapter two, starting in verse one, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in, in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So one thing you see there. Okay, is that um, after God created mankind, which was kind of the last piece to his his creation, then he rested. He didn't create anything more after that. So that tells us then that we are special to God. We have a special place in his heart. We were the kind of like the last cherry, if you will, uh, uh, the, the cherry on the top of the cake that says, yes, it's done. Just that last little piece that is one of the most important pieces to put the finishing touches on the creation. So us as, as mankind, he, he and, and if you notice too what he said, everything that he created, he's given to us. Everything on earth, he has given to us. So we are special to God. Okay. And there's plenty of scriptures that talk about how um, how we shouldn't worry because uh, God is God cares for us more than, than than the birds. OK. And so that if he if he cares for us more than the birds, then he will always provide for us. So we have to kind of get that. We have to get that understanding that we are truly, truly, truly special to God. And so if we are special to God, then that means we do have a purpose in life and we have a purpose beyond just just taking dominion over the earth okay uh later on in scriptures and we won't uh we won't go there now but in um uh, when adam and eve sinned okay one of the scriptures says uh and i believe it's in, in in genesis uh genesis 3 uh after after they ate the fruit after eve because remember satan came down as a serpent uh and tricked eve into eating eating the fruit and then adam ended up eating the fruit and after that happened, it says that Adam heard the, 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 heard the voice of the Lord walking through the garden. So what this tells us then is that God's intention for us 
is to have a close relationship with him. So one of the purposes for us is to also have a close relationship with him, because I can only imagine how awesome that would be to be in this garden. In this garden, if you look at the descriptions that, that, that are in Genesis, it sounded like a very beautiful garden. So could you only imagine walking through this garden, this beautiful garden that God created, attending to the, 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 the grounds? Because one of the reasons when, when, when God created the garden in Eden, what he said was there was no man to till it. So Adam was created to till, till the garden and attend to it. So could you imagine that tilling the garden, walking with God and being able to actually hear him walking through the garden? When we interact with God now, we don't hear him walking. We can feel his presence. If, if you've ever had an interaction with God, an encounter with God, um, you, you, you can feel his presence. And, and I, I can't really describe the I, I can't put into words what it feels like. I mean, it, it is just an awesome feeling of peace and joy and strength that you don't get um, anywhere else when you're in his presence. It's, but it's not the same as 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 what Adam and Eve experienced in terms of hearing him walking. We don't actually hear him walking like we hear somebody else walking. It's just it's just the feeling of a presence. And if you've ever had God's presence, you know what I'm talking about. You know how difficult it is to put into words. So that is part of the intention is that God wanted us to walk with him. Now. Has God's intention changed? No. So even though. Even though mankind was thrust into into sin because of what Adam and Eve had done, does not mean that God's intention for us changed because it didn't. After that happened, obviously, what happens is, is that mankind now was exposed to sin, something that, uh, that 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 Adam and Eve did not know of until they ate of that fruit. OK, so our intention or God's intention for us in that relationship has not changed at all. The reason why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins was so that it opened up a door for us to be able to spend eternity with him. Now, God easily could have said, look at you stupid people. Oh, my goodness. Look at this. I, I create mankind. Look what and look what they're doing just that quickly. I create two two human beings, a husband and a wife, Adam and Eve. And here they are. They're eating this fruit that I told them not to eat. Because they, they succumbed to the tricks of, uh, of Satan there. And now they just open up the world to sin. You know what? I'm done with you. I'm done. That's it. I, ha I had enough. I created all of this stuff. And it's beautiful. I'm going to sit back. And you know what? Good luck to you. No, God didn't do that. Because God cares about us. And so God's plan for redemption was letting his son Jesus die on the cross for our sins. And, you know, it, it, it shows you how when you think about how do I seek God, okay, and you think about even why would I want to see God? It shows you how it shows you how stupid the enemy is. OK, because if you look in if you look further back, obviously, um, um, in, in, in the Bible talks about this. But if you look further back before before mankind was created, there was a war in heaven. OK, Revelation talks about the war of heaven and there's other scriptures that talks about. What happened in heaven and how uh, Lucifer at the time was, was saying that he was going to ascend the throne of God. And then he got to, and then there was the big battle and he got cast out of heaven and cast down to the earth. OK, and we know how he's going to end up at the end that he will be cast into the lake of fire um, at some point for the rest of eternity. Now, you would think that he would be smart enough to realize that here as as an angel of, of worship, 
Okay, leading praise and worship with God, so which means he was standing in the presence of God and he knows how how how, how God operates, to, you know, to, to some extent. You would think that he would realize that you may have tricked Adam and Eve, but you have not taken mankind out of God's hands. God can still deliver us, but he doesn't he didn't realize that. And so that's important for us when we think about seeking God, because all of the things that are happening in this and you can watch the current events, all of these things that are happening. OK, I firmly believe is God trying to remind us that we can't do anything without him. We can't do anything without him. So we have these big issues that are happening across the nation. You cannot and we cannot solve these things absent God. We need to seek him on how to go about about doing that. OK. So, again, getting back to seeking God, starting with that desire, our purpose, God put us on this planet to subdue it and have dominion over it. He gave us everything on this planet for us to use. He wants us to have a deep walk with him. He wants us to have a relationship with him the same way that he was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. Despite the fact that Satan tricked Adam and Eve and we all got thrust into sin does not mean that God is not wanting us to have a deep walk with him. Let's turn in our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Okay, we're still talking about uh, how seeking God starts with a desire for him. But we're looking at my, what's my purpose now? Okay, so what's the, why, why was I created? What's the purpose of being, being a, a, a human being on, on this planet? Why did God do that? Okay. So Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep his commandments of the and keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for good. If you don't have all the verses 12 and 13 underline, underline all of that, because we see what's my purpose. All right. So why do I exist as a human being? I, 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 I want to seek God and I want to learn how to seek God and I want to develop this desire for him. But how do I have a desire for him unless I know what my purpose is? So if I know that I was created to have dominion over the earth and to follow God's statutes and know that I was created because God wants to have a deep relationship with us. OK, he wants to walk with us. He wants to walk alongside with us, alongside with us. Now I can start to see that's why I desire him. So he sent Jesus to die on, his cro on the cross so that I can spend eternity with him. I'm starting to now understand who God is. I'm starting to understand what he stands for. I'm starting to understand why I, why I exist. And so as I start to gain this understanding, now that desire starts to starts to grow. That that fire starts to starts to come back because I'm reminded of those things. And I, and again, it doesn't matter how long you've been walking with, with with the Lord. Sometimes you have to step back and re and, and and go through that 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 process again, if you will, of really understanding. Okay, God, why am I here again? I've got all of this stuff going on. I can't pay these bills. I lost my job. I, you know, I, I can't step out the house with, without some sort of bad news happening. I can't turn on the TV without seeing some negative, negative news, if you will. Um, I keep attracting negative Nancy's for some reason. I've got all of this stuff going on, Lord. Why am I here? And sometimes that's what we have to remember. Okay. God put us here for a reason. All right. 
to have a deep walk with him. He's not done with us yet. We have we have a purpose to keep his commandments. Okay, To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. That's part of the reason why we exist as humans. Okay, to do that. Now, one of the things I mentioned earlier was that there's deeper purposes specifically for each and every single one of us. Okay, in terms of how, Lord, do I glorify you in what I do? Yes, I do need to keep your statutes. Okay, but I don't walk through life just waking up every day and just seeing what happens today. No, there there is a specific plans for each and every single one of us. And so one of the things that we have to do then is we have to have have that conversation with God. And I'm going to talk about fellowshipping with God um, later on. But one of the things we do is we then take we, we, we take this knowing that God created us for a reason. And we just say, Lord, what is my actual purpose? Like what what specifically do you want me to do? In my life, on the job, in my church, in home, at home, in the community, wherever it is, how do I serve you? How, how do I glorify your name in those things that I do? What, 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 should, my, what should I be focusing on? What should I be doing? Okay. Uh, verse 12 there, it says also to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him. Uh, I was having a conversation uh, with someone, I don't know, a few months back or so, um, and there's a, there's, there's a scripture, um, that says, uh, the, be- uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of, of understanding or the beginning of wisdom. And as I was having this conversation, um, this particular individual really focused on that, well, fear of the Lord. And they said, well, why this God of yours that you serve? Okay. If he's supposed to be so loving and you follow him because you say he he loves you, then why would he require you to fear him? And the the, the word fear originally in in Hebrew, and I'm probably going to butcher the, the saying of this, is is yira, okay, which can mean several different things depending on its usage. One of them is an actual part of that usage is is actual fear itself, as in being afraid, but it's also reverence, it's also amazement. It's also um, respect. OK. And so if that word has so many different meanings and it could be applied differently, which is why you'll see in the Bible, it says the fear of God, this or fear of the Lord. And, you know, those kind of things. It's not an actual fear. It's a respect and reverence for who God is. OK, that's what that means. So it's not an actual fear, because if you also look at scripture that says God has not given us a spirit of fear of power, love and of a sound mind. What we see there is that. Uh, the Bible is not contradicting itself. God isn't contradicting himself. OK, when he says that the fear in that sense is uh, kind of that unnatural fear. Right. And, and the unnatural fear, and I won't spend too much time on this, but the unnatural fear or well, is not the same fear you would feel like if you're standing off the edge of a building. OK, you know that you might fall and uh, you can either get severely hurt or even killed if you fall off that off that cliff. That's a that's a fear. That's a, a defense mechanism for the body. This fear is reverence and respect is what is what God is talking about here. So fear the Lord, your God, to walk in his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul. So putting everything, everything you have into serving God. okay, Putting everything that you have into serving God, that's important. That's that shows that that there is a desire for him that shows that you that you that you love him. You know, you hear it from anyone that's um, especially athletes, especially they say I've given everything I had to the game. Right. 
everything I had when they were tired. I, I gave it all that I got every single time out there uh, during the game. I had gave everything I had. It's because they had a love and a desire for the game. Okay. So when you have that love and desire for God, you put everything into serving him. Verse 14. Um, indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord, your God. Also, the earth with all that is in it. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them. You above all peoples as it is this day. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your neck and uh, of your heart and be stiff necked no longer. Stiff neck also meaning stubborn. Don't, so don't be don't don't be stubborn any longer. For the Lord, your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality or takes nor takes a bribe underline that who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe we have to be very mindful that god is not a respecter of persons he's not going to show partiality okay what does that mean in god's mind you're either following him or you don't follow him Okay, you're either a believer or a non-believer. Okay, and he's not going to, and 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 just because you're a believer, okay, just because you're a believer, does not mean that you're right on all the decisions that you make, because we are still human beings, right? So we make we make some decisions that are wrong. All right. We may have that. That just happens. That's this part of being a human being and not being perfect. We may make some wrong decisions. So it doesn't mean that just because we're 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 Christians and we're believers that somehow we we we're not wrong in something. Okay. Ultimately, God knows whether or not we're right or wrong. And so if we have a mind of God and we're seeking him and we're following his statutes, uh, uh, we 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 will end up on the right side of things. Okay. Um. When you, when you, I mean, you look at it again, you look at current events, all right, and uh, I don't, I don't want to make this, you know, a, a, a political, anything about politics and everything like that, um, but I will say this, when you look at the big discussion now, which is around race relations, okay, understand that the only answer to solving race relations is God, okay, is God, because your, the, the response to that is different even among Christians. One Christian will believe this. Another Christian will believe this. And not bo- and there's only one right. There's only one right way to deal with it, and that's, the, and that's through God. Okay? So because God does not accept a bribe. God is not going to be manipulated into getting something done for your own benefit. Or for my benefit, he's going to do things based off of what he about based off of what he deems is necessary, based off of his ultimate plan. That's how things are going to be. There's not going to be any bribing God. You're not going to make a deal with God. None of us can. We won't make. We won't be able to make a deal with God because God is ultimate righteousness. Okay, so that's why we. That's why it's important for us to seek God because when you are trying to come up with solutions, especially to something that is controversial, whatever that controversial thing might be, where there's so much division over it, God is the only one that cannot be born. 
The only one that's not going to show favoritism towards one group over another. He's not going to do that. Okay. He's going to do based off of what he, what he's deemed is right and what he's deemed is wrong. Okay. So it's, it's important that we, that we understand that. I'm going to read that again. Uh, for the Lord, verse 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord, Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor take, nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him. Underline that. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him. And to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise and he is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with uh, 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. Okay, verse 21 there. He is your God, and he uh, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Let's not forget all the great and awesome things God has done in our lives. Okay. Let's not, let's not, let's not forget that. We have to remember that we have to remember the and, and, and you can probably look back on your life. I know I certainly can look back on my life and see how God has brought me through some uh, incredible situations and, and still does it to this day. So this is not like this is, you know, a long time ago, God did, did this for me. And man, I wish he would do something like that again. No, this is a constant thing for us is if we're if we're continuing to follow him, if we have that desire for him and if we continue to seek him. He will do great and awesome things. And verse 20 there, again, you see, you shall fear the Lord your God and you shall serve him. And to and to him, you shall hold fast, underline, hold fast and take oaths in his name. So we so we should be cleaving to God. We should be longing for 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 for, for him. We should be desiring a, a deep walk and and, and, and um, relationship with him. Okay. That's all part of having that desire for him. It's understanding that I that I was created to glorify him. I was created to follow his statutes. I was created to to, to follow him. I was created to bless him. I was created to have a deep relationship with him because that's what he wants for us because he loves us. He wants to have that relationship with us. So now that I understand my purpose. I have a desire for him. I have a desire for him. Think about anybody that you care about, okay, and how much they love you and then how much you desire to have some time with them, how much you desire to be around them and, 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 and to talk to them and to, and to have a relationship with them. It's the same thing with God. When we understand that, then we're able to um, have a desire for him, which helps us then to be able to seek him. So after having a desire for him, the next thing we have to do is we have to pray to him. Let's take a look at a familiar prayer here in Matthew 6, verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. We have to pray to him. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Okay. So what Jesus is saying here is that, uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of the people that he's talking about here were, were out there and they were try, they, they had a desire. They had this spirit of, of pride, I guess you can, you can say of look at me, look at me, look at me. 
Look at me praying. I'm standing out here. I'm being loud and I'm being boisterous and I'm doing all this praying out loud because it wasn't about making a connection with God. It was about look at me and look at what I'm doing. Okay. And so what Jesus is saying is don't be like them. Okay. Worrying about how many people are seeing you, you, you pray. Don't do that. Okay. Because he's calling them, they're, they're hypocrites. Verse six. But when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So Jesus here is basically saying, have yourself a prayer closet. Okay, have somewhere where you can go and you can shut out the outside world to spend some time with God, to pray to him. All right. During Jesus ministry, the countless number of times Jesus went off by himself to pray. Okay, last week, I believe it was, uh, Pastor was talking about uh, Peter when he was walking on water. Okay, and but before that, Jesus told them to go on the boat to go to the other side, and Jesus went off by himself. And then as they were making that trip to the other side, going across the, the, the river there, that's when Jesus appeared to them. Okay, walking on the water. And so it's important for us that if we truly, truly, truly want to see God, we have to find a way to be able to, and we have to find a place to be able to shut out the outside world so that we can get that one-on-one time. Because remember, as I was saying earlier, it's not like when Adam and Eve were the only two humans when they could walk with God in the garden. Times have changed. So we have to, I don't want to say this, we, we, almost, we, we almost have to do more, if you will. We, we have because because there is so much sin in the world and because God can't look upon sin, um, uh, we, we have to do a little bit more to, to create the atmosphere that will invite God's presence. This is why in church we spend time doing praise and worship. This is why I also encourage you before you get into even reading your Bible, just doing something as simple as that to create to, to create some time to just praise and worship God because that atmosphere, all right, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So that atmosphere that you create, that praise atmosphere, is then is what allows God's presence to just start to come in there, starts to start to surround you. Okay? And you can start to feel his presence. All right. So just so find a way somehow, uh, whether it's your bathroom, whether it's a walk in closet, uh, whether it's your car that's sitting in the garage or something like that. You close the door, you know, try to find a way to, to shut off the outside world so that you can go into your secret place and, and pray to God. Because as Jesus said, your father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. Verse seven. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Okay, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Okay, the quality, if you will, of of what's in your 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 heart when you're reaching out to God is what's going to drive the words that you say. Okay, anyone has ever heard me pray know that I I don't have fancy words when, when I pray. What comes out is based off of what I'm feeling in my spirit and what's in and what's in my heart. Okay, and then that's what 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 comes out. But if I'm sitting here worried about, hmm, I wonder how I'm going to sound when I pray. I wonder how, what people are going to think of this. What I'll be focusing on is picking the right words so it sounds good to you versus just talking to God and just praying to him. And, and, and really it's about me communicating with him. 
So we can't worry about what we sound like when we pray. Don't think about the words when we're, when we're praying. Just pray to God and just pray from your heart. Pray from your spirit. If you, if you, if you wrong somebody, let's say, all right, let's say you, you, you really had a blowing out with someone or, and it was your fault and you just want to say sorry to them, you don't go around picking and choosing the words you speak from your heart. Right. Oh, I'm so sorry that I did this. Um, you know, I really didn't mean to. Or if you're really, really thankful for something that somebody gave you, you, you don't you don't think about, OK, how do I say thank you to the person? You say thank you so much. I appreciate you. When it comes from your heart, it's much more genuine. OK, so what Jesus is saying here, don't be like these others out here. Repeating words and, and basically counting words. OK, because. That's what they want to hear. They, they want to be known for, oh, my gosh, you sound so amazing when you pray. Jesus is saying, don't do that. Verse eight, therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, this is a familiar scripture, right? The Lord's Prayer. We've all heard this uh, since we were little. Okay. But it's important to understand what is this actually saying? Okay. So let's let's break that down a little bit. So in the beginning there, you see, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we are, while the Bible says to uh, enter God's presence boldly. Okay, it's not saying that you do it disrespectfully. Okay, the boldness of entering God's presence is the fact that I know that I can enter God's presence because Jesus, when I became saved, Jesus gave me that opportunity to go to Him using His name. So boldly is is really a good way to look at it as I'm confident that I can go into God's presence. Okay. Um, if 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 you were um, asked to go to talk to the governor of your state, OK, you would walk into their office with some level of boldness, meaning that you're not going to like tiptoe and inch by inch walk towards the office and be like, oh, can, can I you know, can I go in? Can I can I come in? You know, you're going to walk into the office and you may maybe greet it with by a receptionist or something like that. And you say, hey, I got a meeting with the governor or something like that. So 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 you have some confidence and some boldness that I received an invitation to go speak to the governor. So then I'm going to go speak to the governor. Well, we have an invitation to go talk to God. So we go talk to God by this this, this initial greeting here, if you will, of of our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What you're doing is you're, you're blessing God. OK, you're, you're greeting him. OK, you're saying that just just the name of God itself, just that alone is is something that that we hold in high regard. OK, that's something that we hold in high regard. So, if, again, if you're going to talk to a governor, you address the governor, governor, so and so, you know. Now, I'm not trying to put any governor or any man in any um, position of authority on the same level of God. What I'm doing is I'm just drawing a parallel to how we treat uh, people in high authority by going boldly, but also with the respect. Same thing with God. We go boldly into God's presence, but we also show um, uh, admiration and um, respect and reverence. Okay. Again, the scriptures around fearing God, respect and reverence. So when we go to talk to God and we go to pray to God, respect and reverence. Okay. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What you see there, okay, is a surrendering to God's will. Okay. When we pray to God, it does us no good if we're not willing to surrender to his will. Because then all you're doing is you're, you're, we're just praying. We're just giving him some words. We're asking him to do something, but we're not really allowing ourselves to be come to a place of surrender. So what this is saying here is that, you know, Lord, as everything is happening in heaven and as your will is being done in heaven, let it also be done on this earth. And what you're in essence saying there is also let that be done with me. Let your will for my life happen. Okay. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus is referred to as the bread of life. Okay. So give us this day our daily bread. This is a way of asking God, God, fill me. Okay. Fill me with, 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 with your Holy Spirit. There, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with asking God for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, because as you go about doing God's business and as his Holy Spirit is in you, um, your how do I how do I say this? Your spiritual energy, if you will. And that's not the I can't think of another term. You, it, it, it needs some replenishment. Okay, the reason why Jesus always had to go off to pray was because he needed to be replenished. Okay, he needed to be replenished. He needed the 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 the, the refilling of the Holy Spirit himself. Um, and if you notice, Jesus didn't actually start his ministry until he was baptized by John the Baptist, and then that's when um, God's voice came out of the heaven out of heaven, saying, uh, "This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." And it says that the that the Spirit of God descended like a dove. So he, Jesus needed that infilling of the Holy Spirit to be able to do his ministry. And as he was going about doing God's will, he had to, on, on multiple occasions, be refreshed. So it is with us. So when we're talking to God, ask him to replenish us. Ask him to fill us with, with his Holy Spirit, to, to refill us with his Holy Spirit, to give us a fresh um, infilling. Uh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, okay? So if you're harboring um, um, any unforgiveness towards anyone, hopefully you're not. This is a good time to ask God, hey, Lord, you know, I forgive so and so for this, you know, or, or uh, Lord, forgive me because I committed this sin. All right. It, it's 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 important that when we're coming to God. And before we start, especially before we start asking him for stuff. <laughs> all right. We have to make sure that we're in the in the right place. OK, we have to make sure that that we we're, we're, we don't have any sin that's that has been hasn't been confessed to God and and that we haven't asked uh, and that we have actually asked God for forgiveness. OK, um, and in making sure that we're also forgiving others that that may have wronged us. Um, the Bible is big on unforgiveness and I'm not going to get too much into unforgiveness, uh, but unforgiveness left unchecked can lead to murder. OK, it can't end up um, 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 spawning into to murder if it, if it continues to go unchecked uh, and, and communion, taking communion. All right. The Bible is very clear about not taking communion. OK, when you have uh, when you have sin, when you have sin, that's unconfessed. OK, so that's an important piece of this of, of praying to God as well. All right. Um, and then and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Um Understand that there's some confusion around that scripture at times. God does not lead us into temptation. 
So this is not saying that, oh, wow, can God actually lead me into temptation? Uh, there are some Christians that, that do believe um, or that have believed um, that I've spoken with that God somehow can lead us into temptation. And no, he can't. OK, God can't be tempted by sin. Oh, I should say Jesus was tempted by sin, but he didn't sin. Right? And the Bible says that Jesus uh, was found was found sinless. OK, so it's not God leading us into temptation. But what we're doing here is we're asking God to keep us. We're asking God for guidance. We're asking God to 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 allow his Holy Spirit to guide us in our day to day activities so that we don't end up being led in temptation. Because if I if I if I go through the day without God guiding me, that means I'm using my mind, my human mind, in my decision making. If I bring God into the conversation and I'm allowing him to guide me, I won't falter and I won't stumble. But as a human being, I'm not perfect. So if I do absent God, there's a chance that I could succumb to some sort of temptation. You know, maybe I uh, (laughs) ate one too many slices of pizza, you know, and as silly as that might be, that could have a major impact. Maybe I made a purchase on a house or something that I shouldn't have. Okay, so there's all sorts of things and shiny objects out there that could tempt us and pull us away from God. So what this is saying is just asking God for guidance. And then the last one there you see for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You see, again, kind of that surrendering. All right, because, Lord, your kingdom and power is going to be forever. Okay, yours. All right. So this is more of that reverence again towards God. So you, you, you start off with reverence, you end with reverence, and the amen, the word amen actually means let it be. So whatever we're praying for, when we end it in the name of Jesus and say amen, we're saying the things that I ask for and the things that I'm praying about, let it be. Okay, let those things come to pass, which is why we end, uh, we end the prayer in amen. Okay, so you can see there there is some 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 structure, if you will. Um, to praying to God as part of seeking him. So we go in with reverence. We bless him. We praise him. OK, we worship him. All right. We ask him. Um, then we, 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 we're in a place of surrendering. OK, Lord, let your let, let your will be done in my life. Lord, whatever that might be, make it make it clear to me so that I can follow it and let it let it happen. And then you put in your request and you then you, you finish off with some more reverence. OK, it's important to do that because. If we just go to God and say, all right, Lord, here's my request. Thank you. Goodbye. Then what we're doing is we're we're using God for gain. We put a burden, if you will, on God to do something in our lives for our gain. You think about if you ever had anybody come to you that only seemed to come around when they needed something. Were you excited to be around them? Probably not. You know, I remember one time somebody had called me up years ago and I hadn't heard from this person in a while. Um, and usually they only called when they when they needed something. And I, and I was pretty furious when I saw the number and I answered the phone and um, was pretty upset with them and let them know that. You know, I, I didn't pray about and I should have, you know, prayed about it before I answered the phone. But I didn't. I was just upset when they called and asked them, you know, what did you want and everything like that. And, and um, the individual said I was just calling just to say hi. And I'm sorry that you feel that way. And after we talked, you know, I apologized and said, I'm, I'm sorry that I reacted that way and I, and I shouldn't have. But I didn't feel it, it didn't feel good to me to see this individual calling me based off of what history, our history has shown is that they only call when they wanted something. So we don't want to 
And not that God would feel that way, okay? But think about the relationship that you have with God or how deep that relationship you would have with God. Or maybe not. Maybe it wouldn't be deep. Think about how, how, how surface the relationship would be with God if we only prayed to him and just said, Dear God, please do this, 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 this for me. Amen. We wouldn't really have that deep relationship with him, okay? Because as we reach out to him, he's going to reciprocate and reach out to us. We have to put that effort into seeking him, though. And as we do that, then he will, he will in turn reveal the deep things of him, uh, of himself to us. All right, let's look at just a few more scriptures here. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter three. Okay, so as we as we seek God, or how do, and when I'm learning to seek God, it starts with having a desire for Him. Okay, within that desire, I understand that I'm created to worship Him. I'm created to serve Him. I'm created to have a deep relationship with Him, to walk with Him, to follow His statutes. Then the next thing, as as after my desire, is to pray to Him. Okay, blessing His name before I start asking for a request. Surrendering myself to, to, to his will so that when I pray to him, that whatever he responds back with, that, that I'm going to be in a place of total surrender so that those things can come to pass. And now the third piece is fellowshipping with God. Fellowshipping with God. Okay. So Ephesians chapter three. And let's. Let's see, let's go to, yeah, let's start in verse one. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which was given to you for, uh, which was given to me for you, how that by, how that by revelation, he made known to me the mystery, as I have I briefly written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the spirit of his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be uh, fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ and in Christ through the gospel of which I have in which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working uh, of his power. So a lot of things there, um, but what you see Paul is, is, is talking about there, um, some, uh, some, some key pieces there. Uh, verse 3, how, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Um, and so understanding that God is, God has all sorts of mysteries. Okay, and, I, and I'm not talking, and when I say mysteries, I mean th- there's so much knowledge that he has that we don't know about. So fellowshipping with him is a critical aspect of seeking him because that's how we get to, that's how we get that deep knowledge of him. That's how we get that deeper walk with him. Um, um, if, if, if I can think to any manager that I've worked with closely uh, in my career and some of them I knew better than others. Okay. And we had some level of fellowship in, in, in the workplace, if you will. Um, and 
when I had that, that's how I was able to really get an idea of what they're thinking and the direction that they're going with strategies without them actually having to say it. It then allowed me in my job to go out and do things without them having to ask me because we we talked, we fellowshiped, if you will, and I understood that individual. And so I had an idea of, OK, this is this is what they would expect to happen. It's the same thing with God. OK, when we have that deep walk with him and, and we understand his mysteries, we start to gain an idea of how he operates. It doesn't mean everything he does is going to make sense to us. And it doesn't mean that we know everything that he's going to do because we won't. And not everything will make sense, but we can start to look ahead and start to think, you know what? I don't think I, I see God working over here. I don't know what he's doing, but he's preparing the way for something. OK, and it just allows us as, as, as Christians uh, to be able to have a, a better walk with him and be able to get an idea of the direction that he wants us to go. Verse eight to me, who am uh, who am less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. There we see the word mystery again, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places according to the eternal purpose which has accomplished which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through him in faith uh, through faith in him therefore i ask that you do not lose heart in my tribulations for you which is uh, which is your glory so we see there again the word mystery okay and and, and the unsearchable unsearchable riches in, of Christ verse 9 there and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ so again that's that that God has some things that he's he hasn't revealed to us individually maybe even as the body of Christ but if we want to get those things, we have to seek him. We have to fellowship with him. We have to show that 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 we are um, we are wanting a relationship with him because we want to be close to him, not because we want something, but because we want to be close with him. And and, and when I say we need to show him, this is this is not like a I'm not saying I don't want to say this. This is not like me putting on a show and putting on an act. All right. The show is more of in my heart. I want to follow you, Lord. And because of that, this is how my actions are going to line up within my heart, because at the end of the day, God knows your heart. OK, so if you're going to stand on the corner and pray like the heathens do, as Jesus was talking about, and you're going to look at all the words and, and, and focus on the words that you're saying and how people are going to react to your words that you that you're saying when you're praying, because you're more worried about them. Um, uh, um admiring you and being, oh you're such a great gifted pray uh speaker and all of those things okay if that's what our motivation becomes god is going to see that god is going to know that but if in our heart we truly 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 want to walk with him okay and stand with him and and and, and feel his presence all the, all around us and and be close to him if we truly want that in our hearts then our actions will follow our actions would follow. There are believers out, non-believers out there, I should say, that think that we as Christians only follow God because the alternative is not to go to hell. 
And I got to tell you, I have not spoken to any Christian that has ever said the only reason I follow God is because I don't want to go to hell. We as Christians, followers of Christ, we follow God because God has created has created an opportunity for us to spend eternity with him. Because God has always been there for us. God has loved us when we haven't loved ourselves. God has seen through all of our imperfections and still called us and still holds us uh, um, close to him. Still thinks highly of us. Still still loves us. Still we're still precious to him regardless of the faults we have. How many human beings are like that? Because I can tell you that no one loves us as much as God does. That's why we desire after him. That's why we seek him. And that's why we want to have fellowship with him. Okay. Verse 10 to the intent that now the uh, manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Therefore, I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Okay. So, again, um, we, we, we see, as, as I was saying, we see uh, mystery and being able to, 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 to have access to God uh, so that we can learn about those mysteries. And we gain that access through Jesus Christ. But we have to fellowship him with him in order to be able to gain that, that deeper knowledge of him. There's all sorts of examples of people having these deep relationships with God in the Bible. There's so many of them. Okay, and fellowshipping. All right, Abraham had uh, had conversations with with Jesus about Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, and Lot and saving Lot. And remember, you could read there um, in Scripture where they where he was talking to them about you know if if you could just find one one in there, would you be willing to to basically to allow them allow them to escape? Okay, that's fellowshipping there. Okay, when you can have a two way conversation with God, that's fellowshipping. When we simply just pray to him and then say we're done, we send up our request and then we're done. We don't sit back and listen and we don't talk to him through the rest of the day or anything like that. That's not fellowship. That's just talking to. Okay, that that's a one way communication. Fellowshipping. Okay, is really about three things. It's enjoying time together. It's looking forward to that next get together and it's a deep, intimate sharing. That's fellowshipping. So when we're fellowshipping with God, all right, we're enjoying that time together. We're enjoying having the conversation with him. We're enjoying not just talking to him, but listening to him talk back to us. We look forward to that next time that we can do that. All right. God certainly understands we live in a busy world. We can't fellowship with him 24 seven, but we look forward to that next time to be able to get together and, and talk to him. And then there's a deep sharing that happens. There's a deep sharing with that that happens. OK. You can share deep things with God. You can share your concerns with, with, with God as, as silly as it may seem and as it may feel. You know, so, sometimes as Christians. We won't say something to God because we think it's silly. Like, I follow God, right? I know God hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I can't talk to God about fear, though. I can't tell God why I'm afraid. Sometimes that's the way we we, we, we think of God. But we can go to a friend or a family member and certainly tell them why we're afraid of something. 
Oh, yeah, I can go to Sally or, or John or this person or that person, and I could tell them everything. Okay, they know so much about me. Well, God knows more about you than anybody. So we can go to God and talk to him about our fears. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's the way we have to think about our relationship with God as a, as a deep walk with God to be able to know that we don't and we shouldn't just go to him when we need something. OK, when we were working, when I was working back in the office there, you know, I mean, we're still we're working from home as, as many uh, um, offices, businesses are. Um, when I would go out on break, sometimes I'd be out there walking by myself and just they're down there by the Capitol there. There was just a. Um, a row of these um, uh, rose bushes, I, I believe they are, and it's just beautiful. And sometimes I walk and I say, Lord, these are some beautiful trees. Man, this is a beautiful day, God. I appreciate this. It's just, it's just something about it. I don't know. Thank you, Lord, for creating this day. Literally, that's what I would do. Okay? That's what I would do. Or sometimes I'll be walking and thinking, oh, Lord, you know, Yesterday, when this happened, that was so funny. I just couldn't stop laughing, God. I, I'm just thinking about this today still. Thank you for giving me some joy. Just, just, and, and that may sound really, really silly, but when we fellowship with God, we got to think of it like the way we fellowship with other people. Okay? The way we fellowship with other people. I heard a Christian singer one time say several years ago, um, when, when, when he realized that God was calling him to be a, to, to be a singer, um, that, that what he, he, he couldn't really quite figure out, well, how, I don't know how to do this, right? I mean, I know how to write music and everything like that, um, but I don't know how to have a, have a deep relationship with you. And he said one of the things he started to realize was that it's not complicated. And what he did was he treated it, he treated, he treated, excuse me, he treated his develop, developing a relationship with God the same way he would develop a relationship with anyone else. And he said once he really grasped that, that concept, it made it so much easier for him to go to God. And we have to do the same thing. Now, it doesn't mean that we just go, yo, Lord, what's happening? What's up, God? How's it going? Because God is much higher than that. Okay, we saw in, in, the, in the model prayer there, the, the, the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So we do show him some reverence. Okay, but we, we can still have conversations with him. Okay, Moses had a conversation with God about why he felt like he should go to Pharaoh. Okay, it wasn't a God said, go to Pharaoh and tell him that my people go. And Moses said, yes, Lord, I'm going. No. At one point he said, who am I to go? Right. He was talking about his stuttering problem that he had. And then God told him that Aaron was going to go with him. Right? And then, oh, what, what, and then if Pharaoh asked, you know, who says this? Who should I say? And God tell him, God told him, you say that I am sent you. Okay. And then Jesus, all of his time, he walked with his disciples. And he fellowshiped with him. They talked with him. They weren't just praising and worshiping him the entire time that he was here. They were learning about him. They were learning how, how do I how do I do the will of the father after you're gone? And Jesus was preparing them for that. That's fellowship with God. And then the last thing we do. OK, so that so the three things we've talked about so far and how do I see God have a desire for him? Pray to him and fellowship to him. The last one is schedule some time with him. The beautiful thing about God is that we don't have to look at his calendar to figure out when he's available because he's always, always available. Always. Take some time in your calendar 
Now set some time now. Every day at a certain time, spend some time with God. Don't put a limit on it. Just say that I'm going to carve out this time to spend time with him. In the mornings, when you wake up, spend some time with him. Anytime you have some free time, spend some time with him. Okay, fellowship with him. If you're outside running, you can certainly fellowship with God while you're running. I know I've been there. I go run a couple of miles, have some Christian music playing on my headphones while I'm running. Don't think for one minute just because I was out there running that God wasn't talking to me and that I wasn't talking to him. Because some of the tough decisions that I had to make during that time, I got the answers while I was out running. Well, how do you, well, how can you run? How can you run and focus on your breathing and your form and all of this stuff by also talking, talking to God? It's just it's just something in my heart that I wanted to do was to hear from him. And so I was able to establish that. You can certainly fellowship with God while you're washing dishes. OK, fellowshipping with God isn't just about the having the prayer closet and praying to him and to listening to him. Fellowshipping with God is about thinking about him throughout the day. It could be just a quick pop in. Hey, Lord, uh, I know I've been super busy right now and I'm running to this next meeting. I just want to say I love you. That's some fellowship there because you're just telling the Lord, I'm just telling you that I love you. Okay, and you'd be surprised if you do that in the practice regularly, you go throughout your day and just start talking to God. You'd be surprised how deep your relationship with him starts to get. When we schedule time with him, we just have to also make sure that we keep that commitment and that we don't allow it to just become something that we do. Okay, so that it doesn't just become something that that it doesn't become just a task so I could check it off and say, hey, I'm done. Really, really, really look to spend time with him. And as we fellowship with him, like I said, Okay, we enjoy the time together. We look forward to the next get together and we deeply share with him. If you have concerns on your mind nowadays with smartphones, I mean, there's all sorts of apps on the phone that have notes in them. Okay, if there's something that crosses your mind that you want to talk to God about, jot it down. And then when you have that fellowship time with him, take that out and actually go through that and say, Lord, this is these are the things that I want to talk to you about. And and. When you set that stage to talk to him and you pull out your notes, talk to him like you would if you were talking to a friend or a family member. Talk to him just like that. Okay, Lord, here's what I want to talk to you about. Lord, here's what's on the agenda for today. Here's what I'd like to talk with you about. And talk with, not talk to, talk with. Because when I talk with you, that means I'm going to say some things and I'm going to stop and I'm going to listen and let you talk to me. I can tell you from experience when I've done that, it's been amazing how the answers to the problems were so simple. Some of the issues I had were so simple. And I'm not talking small problems, I'm talking complex problems, multifaceted problems. When I sat down and I said, okay, Lord, here's what I'd like to talk with you about. And here's what my question is. I don't know how about this. And then what about this? And what about this? And we, and literally, and it wasn't an audible voice from him that I heard, but it really was. I, I, I heard him. <laughs> I don't really know how to describe it other than I heard him. 
because I can go back in my notes and I can see the answers. Because as he was talking to me, I was actually jotting down the answers into my notes. Okay. Yes, I know it may sound silly, but I'm telling you, surely as I'm talking to you right now, it, it has made a big difference in my relationship with him. Praise God. Oh, boy, I could keep on going about this forever and ever. <laughs> I can have you here for another two, two to three hours um, and everything. Praise God. Uh, God is good all the time and all the time. Uh, God is good. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you and thank you so much for your words, Lord. And I thank you and just for everything that you've done, all your wonderful miracles, both great and small. Thank you for always waking us up in the morning. Thank you for giving us breath, you know, and thank you for all the things that we take, take for granted so much. I ask, Lord, that as we go throughout the rest of this day and the rest of the weeks to come, that we don't forget how to search for you and that we don't forget to actually search for you, Lord. Help us to have a desire for you, help to light a reignite a fire where it's needed to be able to walk with you and to seek you out, Lord, and help remind us that you want this relationship with us, Lord. Help us to not make it complex or help us to not think that we can't just come and talk to you about anything, Lord. Help us to remember that you want to walk with us and you want us to share deep things with you, Lord. Help us find the time to be able to share with you, to be able to fellowship with you, to seek to seek you and to be able to hear from you. Give us the strength to also put into action the things that you are telling us to do. I ask, Lord, that you would watch over us throughout the balance of the day. Let these words stay with us until we gather together again. Let us be able to use these words to defeat the enemy when he arises. Help us, Lord, with these words to be able to share with others as you desire us to do, Lord. We praise you, we love you, and we just bless you and we thank you for everything. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God.